Welcome back in the podcast. Um, maybe a quick note here uh, from my side. Um, we didn't have a podcast last week. Uh, I'm very sorry for that. I hope um, you understand it. It's just uh, I moved to another city, to Cologne, to the heart of Cologne. And um, there was quite some uh, stuff to do last week, so I didn't really have the time. Nevertheless, there's a great interview coming up this week, um, even though there was a delay of a week. But I think even the de delay um, won't make it uh, won't make it worse. It will be even better. Uh, maybe you guys have waited for it. Um, an interview with which is all about emotional intelligence, because in the podcast we have often talked about the topic emotional intelligence. A lot of guests are very emotionally intelligent. They know how to talk to. Um, to leaders and you know to talk to employees and just to important people around them and uh, emotional intelligence is definitely a, a an element that gives you lots of advantages uh, i have experienced it and i think all my guests have experienced it and even just everybody has experienced it how emotional intelligence can help people at first to communicate and then also to to make deals to um, understand customers it's all based on emotional intelligence and it was one sentence from my guest Jerry Hark who was also um, who has founded several companies and was also the first Amazon Europe um, chef and he said that his belief is that the number one core value in the future will be emotional intelligence so I thought okay I need to have an expert for this for this topic and uh, Dr Peter Meyer. Um, is German, but we did it in English, and she is a, a fantastic expert on the topic, and she will definitely deep dive on how emotional intelligence can help companies, brands, and just everybody to to get better at the stuff they're working on or you are working on. So I think it would be great. Listen to it. I would love to love to hear your thoughts. Definitely write me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you think it's your favorite channel, and let us know how you believe the podcast. Um, happening all right cool enjoy the episode and uh, looking forward to chat bye bye in the trenches every day because i stay on my grind if they hate the other makers they won't stop my shine see me running to that money i just want was mine no i don't waste no time no i don't waste no time whoa whoa whoa, whoa. i don't waste no time welcome back in the feed your brain podcast uh, my name is max and today we have a topic that definitely uh, interests me a lot because uh, we have definitely talked about it in the podcast a couple of times. And I think for not just my generation, but in general, this topic will be very relevant in the future. And uh, the, today's guest is uh, Dr. Petra Maya, uh, who is an expert for emotional intelligence, has also written a book about it, and is very um, deep on everything that's around team building, communication, mindful leadership, and in general, everything that covers um, organizations and how organizations work um, with the individuals that they have. And uh, I think just to give a little context for the listeners, uh, I think we have talked about it several times in the interviews that we had, but also in like the episodes that I did. I think in in a world where teams are built even more quickly because there are more companies evolving and people just find different roles in different companies and oftentimes culture gets lost in the way and uh, surely with artificial intelligence and uh, AI in general, um, the whole process will definitely fundamentally change the way how we work and I think emotional intelligence is just a great tool and I would call it a tool to, um, to make things really work again and to really understand how AI and the human beings will work together. So I think Petra is a very interesting guest from that part and uh, happy to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Hello, Max. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm totally excited um, to be here. Yeah, great. I mean, uh, we have also had a couple of talks before and we also had a very uh, interesting and um, very uh, yeah, warm pre-talk. And I think since emotional intelligence is such a relevant topic for, for I think, all our generations because of the technology that we have uh, and if you have always been at the core of innovations with of innovation with your innovation workshops and the different stuff that you also help you, you started doing workshops at the beginning of the 2000s where actually innovation was just starting so mm. why did emotional intelligence inspire you so much back then and why is it still relevant for you now maybe you can uh, deep dive and give a little feedback on for you and also for the listeners yeah sure um 
Well, yeah, that's true. I started, or my career started um, with innovation workshops and, and I did lead user workshops for companies. And um, what I saw there that um, we've done fantastic stuff and created amazing things and super innovations that um, are actually long-term innovations, so not incre in incremental ones, but really big ones like radical in, uh, innovations. And people were excited at the workshop, but then they left into the company and not much happened. Mm -hmm. So the creativity that we actually sparked and um, created in workshops didn't last for a long time because there was so much resistance in the company towards that topic. Mm -hmm. And um, resistance, um, I mean, we can break it down, resistance towards change, and we know that 60 to 70% of change projects actually fail. And, 60 to um, 70%, wow. Yeah, this is this is Cotter's number, it's not my number, <laughs> uh -huh. but um, there's lots of research on that. And um, I think this is quite interesting, and, and this is what caught my attention, because, um, of course, there are, you know, some market issues, you know, people are not ready for the product or whatever. Um, but on the other hand, there might be also a lack of resources or budget. This is all, this can also happen. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, sixty percent um, towards fail in change is due to people, people in an organization. Interesting. And. Um, a friend of mine, Joshua Friedman, he actually says emotions drive people and people drive performance. And this is what I've experienced over the last um, 15 years. So when people are not engaged and they are not curious, they are not excited about what they are doing, it doesn't work. Or maybe it works, but um, performance is not as good as it could be. Mm. And this is how I got to emotional intelligence because emotional intelligence is really being aware of yourself but also being aware of your environment, like other people around you, and being aware of the context. And context can be, you know, market situation, um, situation or structure or strategy in an organization. But then also be aware how, you know, how is my approach towards that context, and how is my approach approach to other people, to my colleagues, to my leaders, to my followers. Interesting. I mean, maybe. Um just to give a to give a uh, to give a number crunching here i think especially because sometimes emotional intelligence seems to be something very vague and it seems to be something that is maybe rather cloudy and that you can't really define it with like mm -hmm. key facts is there are there like key numbers or key facts that you would support your argument arguments with that emotional intelligence has definitely changed maybe how companies work or is there like a certain uh, fact that you would like to to just to name to to give people a little direction where emotional intelligence can actually lead people or do you think it's more ge generally a cloudy thing that sometimes is part of a culture and sometimes it's not um well there are two questions in there <laughs> and mm -hmm. yes emotional uh, intelligence is sometimes part of a culture or not sometimes um it's it's part of a conscious culture you know organizations really want to train it and, and look at it and um that's like the construct of emotional intelligence you can actually measure it it's not a soft construct or a cloudy construct you can you can assess it you can measure it and you can develop it and there's been lots of research um on eq And um, in different areas, for example, in, in sales, you know, when you do um, EQ trainings, EQ is short for emotional intelligence. Um, if you do EQ trainings for salespeople, um, on average, the, the, um, their um, sales, um, how do you say? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're sales, the, their the revenue. Final, right. Okay. <laughs> their revenue, yeah, increases right. by... By around 18 percent compared, wow. compared to the control group and um, I mean this is not bad it's actually almost one-fifth yeah of the, right. of the revenue and that happens after after you do like workshops with them or when after like is it just like a measurement where people either have emotional intelligence or they don't or is it so or has it been measured before and then they compare people or how how was the measurement Yeah, exactly. So you, you measure it before 
and then uh, you work with the individuals and then you see okay which which areas um which areas would you like to develop to actually um you know be more successful in your sales team for example mm. yeah and then mm. people decide and say okay well you know now after the test um the test actually shows me that most people or this is the feedback that i often hear um reflects my gut feeling you know i think um i had i had problems for example one salesperson said i had um i had trouble to connect with people and connection is such an important thing and trust in sales you know we've got so many amazing products um they're very similar and they're very competitive um the prices you know prices usually um are not much apart but um especially in in you know in in high end products that are quite expensive um emotional connection to the to the customer to the client plays a key role in mm. in sales mm. and um this one guy he said yeah um i know my product and i can argue very very well but i still don't sell a lot <laughs> because <laughs> i don't get the empathy the empathy part right i'm not really good with connecting with others you know something is is stopping me here and then we worked on that and we tried to develop that this is like a process it's human development mm -hmm. and for human development people need um need to want it you know you can't say oh you have to learn empathy because you know this is our strategic plan now that mm -hmm. doesn't work there must be you know an excitement about about it cu curiosity and you want to do it and so we worked on on the empathy part and sales increased so um you asked we test um eq before and then we, we do the development the personal development with exercises and innocent and mindfulness mm -hmm. and um, then we do the test again and then we compare the sales numbers and the amazing thing is it always works <laughs> amazing yeah. So you yeah. actually really interact with uh, maybe just for the listeners that don't know. So you actually go into companies yeah. that, that think that emotional intelligence can be an advantage for them in regards to their sales process, maybe to their yeah, general definitely. team building process. And so you are part of a consultant team that helps and really goes into the companies and establishes um, new elements and new features of emotional intelligence, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, I mean, you know, sales team is one, but another big thing is as i said it before it's, it's team development mm -hmm. you know if a team isn't connected and isn't excited about what they do <laughs> i mean of course they always have a name but there is so much trust or a lack of trust in teams nowadays you know people don't trust each other they are not connected to companies they think about leaving before and um, they actually talk about it so um you know building trust and connect a team on an emotional um, level is so much wealth for a company because mm. um, you can keep employees you know you reduce the staff turnover and you know as you know I'm sure you know um, you know if a manager leaves a company it costs a lot right <laughs> yeah it's quite expensive and just um, because of the you mean because they have to pay him or him or her certain money to, to, to leave the company or do you yeah, mean but because also, there are just external costs that also come in addition well, there are, you know, there's a train of knowledge. Mm -hmm. and oh, I think, okay, got it. Yeah, this is the, you know, if you if you leave to the competitor, <laughs> I don't even, I'm not even sure if you can measure that exactly. Mm -hmm. But um, staff turnover is, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a lot of money. It's usually one to two um, wages per year. Wow, interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I mean. Of course, what I what I think is interesting from that part. I don't know if you have listened to to my interview before with uh, Jerry Hark, who was the the first Amazon Europe mm -hmm. chef, and who also yeah. worked closely together with uh, Jeff Bezos back then. In I think it was like ten years ago. And what he always said is that fifteen twenty years ago, there was the human intelligence that decided whether you are smart or uh, not a smart kid, and it decided more or less which job you got. And now the human intelligence maybe gets less relevant because you can do everything online. You can do every, you can learn everything online through certain degrees. And he said that emotional intelligence is going to be the main measurement for the future of understanding which 
people can get into which jobs. So emotional intelligence actually decides your career. And I think understanding that as a young person just going into the, their first job, I think that's very interesting and should give everybody the motivation to maybe understand emotional intelligence a little bit better and understand which impact it can possibly have on, on, on companies. And we are also talking about, um, I think, also talking about employer branding here. I mean, as you said, if a manager leaves, he, of course, also mm -hmm. doesn't leave a legacy anymore and he leaves something behind that people maybe can fulfill because they don't have the knowledge or the, 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 yeah, the knowledge that maybe the manager had. So I think uh, it's interesting to see how how a company can definitely change based on people leaving the company and based on the emotional intelligence they leave behind. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting. Um, I mean, the, the World Economic Forum, they, they proposed the top 10 skills in, in 2020, which is only like one and a half years <laughs> ahead. So we are fastly <laughs> approaching that. And um, they said EQ is, is uh, one of the top 10 skills that we will need in, in 2020. And, um, I'm sure I'm positive and, and, um, yeah, I, I, I'm totally <laughs> into that because I mean, maybe, you know, what is the cue? It's, it's really knowing about yourself. It's knowing how you tick, yeah, how you tick, but also how your team ticks or your leadership ticks or your company ticks, you know, what, um, what's the glue between them? What holds them together? How do they connect with each other? And when you've got a certain part of connectedness, all of a sudden, you can actually talk about um, problems, you can talk about creativity, you can talk about innovation, um, you can talk about leadership, what is really important to me, what is my purpose, for example, mm -hmm. and where would we like to go? How do we want to work together? Right. What, is our, what is our aim? And, um, I mean, this is the beauty of EQ because it, it really connects people with each other. Right, and it's not—it's not all just being happy all day and you know being there <laughs> meditating or smoking or <laughs> whatever. Um, no, it's not. It's actually really concentrating on on your work and on on yourself. And, and I mean, I think maybe yeah. that's something where we can deep dive a little because I think that's super interesting for a lot of our listeners. Sometimes it's, I think, especially for young people, it's very difficult if they're just starting their career life to understand what they actually stand for and what how they tick, how you say it and what they are and maybe what, what they're just to be, I think, self-aware. I think that's something that seems to be even more difficult than deciding, uh, uh, deciding about your career path. What would you recommend also from, of course, your life experience, but also from um, your your relation to the topic? How do people actually get self-aware? Do you think there's a method to it? Do you think that you can maybe give a little hack here that people can use to maybe get a little self-aware? Do you, how do you how would you approach it? Um, I think you know EQ has got different competences, and and it depends on the on the model that you that you like. I like a very simple one. Um, which is actually um, proposed by uh, Six Seconds. And, and one of the competences is know yourself. And um, knowing yourself includes emotional literacy. And um, emotional literacy is, is something um, where you actually know how you feel and you can name your emotions. And, um, you know, when you say, how are you? We usually reply, oh, yeah, good, thanks. How are you? And that's it. But mm -hmm. Um, if we really, I mean, emotions, they have a message behind right. them. You know, there's always a message to emotions. For example, um, if you're really happy or excited, um, what does it tell you? It tells you, you know, it's probably good for you and keep on going, you know, because our brain is wired for, for happiness <laughs> and what, what makes us happy, we like to do. It's quite logical, isn't it? And on the other hand, um, when we are afraid of something, yeah, or we we have pain, or um, there is anger or something, our brain tells us, mm, "Hang on, you know, there is a problem. Let's stop. We don't want to do that." Mm -hmm. And so every emotion has got a message. And in order to access this message, message, you need to know how do I really feel. And um, there's not always just one feeling, but there is, you know, a cascade of feelings. You know, I can be happy, but I can be sad again at the same time. Mm -hmm. It really depends on my thoughts. 
you know, what I would like to reinforce and where would I would like to go. And if I'm happy and afraid about a project, I should really look, okay, happy is a good feeling. I think, you know, that's my gut feeling. Let's keep on um, in this innovation project or creativity project or whatever. Um, but of course, when you work with innovations or creativity or whatever, um, there is a lot of uncertainty involved as well. And this uncertainty or change um, evokes an emotion, you know, for me of um, being frightened, mm. you know, because I like, I like security as well. Sure. I mean, uh, I mean, probably everybody does and uh, it gives people to the warmth of actually feeling in the situation. And I think as, as soon as you maybe start feeling fear or also maybe respect in regards to like a topic, I think that also yeah. is a sign. I think fear can also be very powerful, right? Exactly. And then if I deep dive into that fear, I can really see, okay, um, I mean, if I'm not aware of fear, that fear is actually driving me, I'm, I tend to do certain things unconsciousness, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to do, I say, no, don't do that. That's too risky, yeah, because the emotion is driving me. But I, if I name the emotion, then I tame it, you know. If I, if I feel, oh, okay, here is fear, um, my brain goes back to the rational side and I can actually assess that fear quite rationally. I'm Not sorry, from my emotional brain, but from my rational brain. And I can I can assess it. I can think about the, the risks, the opportunities, um, the advantages, the disadvantages. And we can really talk about it, bring it, you know, from underneath the iceberg to the topic and we can assess it. But if I'm if I'm driven by fear, And it's in my unconsciousness, so I'm not I'm not aware of it that I'm actually um, frightened of this change. Then I do things out of these emotions and emotion, and this is actually not not always the best way to deal with it. So another definition of emotional intelligence is really use your emotional and your rational brain together. Mm. And would you would you um, would you write it down, or if you say <clears throat> that you should possibly name fear would you take a pen and a pencil or a pen and like a just a, a notebook or whatever and write it down or how would you approach fear to um, to, to make it go to more to like the rational side of the of the brain yeah i think it's uh first of all it's really name this emotion you know this emotional literacy so what i've got i just um google emotions or i i have a list in my pocket actually of of these 25 uh, emotions <laughs> or 30 emotions, whatever you prefer. And, um, and you know, if I'm unsure, you know, how do I feel? And I think, you know, I'm doing things in, in autopilot, you know, automatically. I don't reflect much because it's a stressful day and I have to make decisions and I'm, I'm going and, I'm, you know, I came late into the office. So it wasn't a very successful day so I'm, i'm doing things out of emotion not reflecting a lot on my doing mm. so then i just you know i go to the toilet i have a coffee break or whatever take out this little sneaky um piece of paper and look at the emotions and then i just go through it and say what do i feel right now and then i i write it down on a piece of paper i just look at it i highlight it And then I see, okay, this is my mix of emotions right now. And then I see, okay, which of these emotions I would like to deep dive a little bit in there, which are supporting my actions and which are actually um, stopping me from doing the next right step. Is there like any resource that you would recommend in that regard to uh, maybe understand the different emotions there are? Like, is that in the in your book or do you think there's any other great resource where people can deep dive a little on the different uh, emotions that there are in the world and how they can, maybe can also write it down in like a little notebook that you have? Um, I mean, a nice tool is actually, it's called Feeling Magnets. <laughs> so it's a little box of magnets and, and these magnets, they've got feeling names on there and then you can just, it's like play, it's like a game, you know, you can pick that and um, put the magnets on your fridge or, or in this little box and then you can see the magnets. Or another thing is um, the, the blue chick wheel. That's also very interesting because it it tells you the intensity of an emotion. You know, if you're 
dis disgusted by something, you you probably have a basic emotion of, of fear or anger in that. Uh, so it, it also tells you the intensity. So that's how was uh, the last one called? Pardon? How was the last one called? Blue chick wheel. Blue chick wheel. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so that's a good one as well. Yeah. Right. I will. I will. No, go ahead. Yeah, because it also shows you, you know, how intense is the emotion at the moment. And the mm. more intense, um, the more aware you should be of this emotion because it drives you, you know, it drives you. And we all know that, you know, if we are angry, we react without thinking. And that's good. You know, it's it, it helps us or it, it helped us survive in the past. But the question is, was it the right decision that we do? Right. And, and on the other hand, mm -hmm. yeah. On the other hand, if we are if we are really, really, really happy or blindly in love, we also know that this can lead to certain issues <laughs> in your life. Totally agree. I mean, uh, I think just to have like a certain guideline that you can approach if you have certain emotions, uh, whether it's love, fear, or maybe happiness, I think it's cool to have some sort of tool that gives people maybe a little direction in case they are a little stuck. I mean, especially if you mm -hmm. talk about love, people are very stuck in their little uh, dimension. I think if you, if you, if you, uh, if you are in love or whatever, I think it's, it's, it may, it may be helped to have like a rational perspective on, on stuff like that. And uh, maybe also from, from like a company perspective, I think, especially if you talk emotions and if you, if you compare to culture and leadership and how the different, uh, stuff is happening at the moment that just the things are moving way quicker now and that of course uh culture and leadership gets even more relevant in in the fast world that we live in mm -hmm. which from like also from like the consultancy projects that you have been through what kind of shifts have you observed in in the industry in the in the company industry in in general uh maybe around the globe, but also in your specific project uh, in regards to culture and leadership. Is there, are there like specific things that you have observed maybe in today's age? Um, yeah, I mean, what you can see, it's quite an interesting question, actually. Um, I can totally see, see the change um, towards AI, artificial intelligence. So people are more aware of actually finding employees and hiring employees that can do the creative stuff. You know, the creative stuff that's um, where you can actually use your mind and your creativity to create the world and shape the future. Right. And I think people like this. And uh, in, in organizations, I see um, mindful leadership is, is the thing that's uh, on top of the list at the moment. Because um, especially the, the younger generations, you know, they, they are more aware of values, you know, what really drives me. They want to see a purpose in what they do. Um, what they do should make sense. So this is actually coming into companies and, and companies pick this up. And um, so value-based leadership is, is a big topic at the moment and, and also what makes an organization really vital. You know, how can we train and attract and retain people staying right. stay with us? Mm. And trust, trust is another big thing. Mm -hmm. How can we create trust in, in organizations? How can we work with um, empathy? Yeah. I, recently, I saw quite a funny, <laughs> you know, a lady was coming. No, it was actually a businessman, you know, in a, in a black suit. He was coming in into the office, having his angry face on, <laughs> <laughs> and that was on a picture. And underneath it said, um, "Sorry, I'm late. I got stuck with happiness at home." So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think organizations are much more aware that you should actually have fun at work. And if right. you have fun at work, it's it's much easier. You've got less stress. Um, you can make decisions easier it's easygoing and people actually like it you know like going to work especially i think if you talk about ai i just had like a little interview a couple of days mm -hmm. ago where i also said that ai is actually gives people more freedom uh, maybe in the long term i also talked to an yeah. expert um um who who's who's going deeper in the ai field and he he said that 
AI will fundamentally change actually the amount of numbers that we work. Now yeah. people work eight to ten hours a day. AI will may help that we only work four to six hours a day, and the other four hours that you yeah. usually worked, we have more time for freedom. We have more time for uh, for spare time. We can spend more time with the family, with friends, or with uh, maybe own projects that we love. So I think it will definitely. Um, happen that there will be different shifts shifts happening in regards to working hours and i think if people can maybe have more time spending or <clears throat> if they can spend more time with the people they love and with the people they appreciate mm -hmm. i mean that's uh, that's amazing and ai can definitely help yeah yeah i'm hoping for that <laughs> as well <laughs> 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 no i'm 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 positive that this will happen yeah mm -hmm. Um, one question I may hear because we also talked about the organizational part here. You're also part of, uh, you are also um, lecturing at different universities. Mm. What do you observe from like the student perspective? What do they think about AI? What do they think about how leadership will change? Do you think they already have it on their mind that there will be lots of stuff happening in the in the world of emotional intelligence and also in the world of culture in companies? Or do you think it it's still not... Uh, in the minds of young people? Um, I mean, <laughs> what I do see is that they get um, hooked on on EQ. You know, it's, it really interests them. It also, they get a sense of mindfulness because they know they are so distracted by their phone, by their environment, by so many things. You know, we're, we are multitasking all the time. So there is a, a desire for, for um, you know, for simplicity basically. And mindfulness can teach you that, you know, go back to yourself, center yourself, ask yourself, what is the next right step right now, you know, and then make a decision. But it must be from the center from yourself. It doesn't help if you're, you know, if you're crazy spinning around and say, oh, what is the next right step? That doesn't work. And uh, we try um, to offer You know, we, we have, um, or what I teach is is, um, is is a course called Development Rooms because what we would like to provide, we would like to provide a room for personal development, even when you study. And um, the thing is, you know, students are quite young, so they don't have this life experience and sometimes they don't even have working experience. So this is a little bit challenging for me in, <laughs> in regards of teaching. <laughs> But I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm positive. And um, what I what I also see, and I think we really have to work on that, is our system, our school system, doesn't prepare for creativity. They don't prepare for innovation. They don't prepare um, for emotional intelligence. Nothing. And they even don't prepare for artificial intelligence. No. Mm. This is completely ignored, and it's lacking there. And there are no teachers. Um, saying, you know, how do you program or, or programming? Yes, but how do we really cope with um, with robots in the future of work? Nothing. Mm -hmm. This is totally lacking. And I think students are, they are trained. So when they come to university, at least in, in Central Europe, you know, they are they're trained. And I'm very critical here. I know there are some exceptional schools that do it differently, but most of our system, yeah, they still do learning by heart, having a test at the end of the day, there is no room for creativity because it's either right or wrong. And I know it's hard, you know, creativity is hard because it's hard to measure, really. Mm -hmm. And it's not like maths, it's not like right or wrong. You have to experience it and uh, only afterwards, in the long run, you see whether it worked or not. And this is another thing, we don't teach our, or we don't allow students or young people to fail. You know, have you ever failed in your life? I have failed many times. Definitely, I've, sure. Yeah. I've, I've learned a lot from failing. And I think um, in our society, in, the, in this European, Central European, German, Austrian, maybe Swiss, <laughs> I don't know, um, uh -huh. context, we are so trained to be perfect. Everything must be right. And there is no room for mistakes. But we need this room for mistakes because there is innovation, there is creativity. If you reflect on it. Right. I think what I what I find interesting here is that you observed already that there is something lacking in the university system. And I can totally agree as a student that we are not prepared for creative work. And I think uh, if you want to 
if you want to produce creative work, you have to really understand creativity and you have to uh, maybe also talk to different creative leaders around the globe to understand how they how they actually measure their projects. I mean, there are different creative uh, agency directors who, who just work in, on a creative day day-to-day -day basis. And I think how they actually measure their work, you can definitely observe how the difference is between the work that they do and between the stuff that we, we learn at university. And as you said there, we talk a lot about perfection and of course, almost no company is perfect in any way and also no person is perfect in any way when you observe companies when do, what do you think when do companies need to change culture and organizational development and of course also then emotional intelligence with the people is there like a certain moment when people or when companies should react in regards to uh, to culture and uh, the whole emotional intelligence part or do you think uh, it just happens over time Mm. Well, I think um, it really depends how you define culture. And from his culture, how do we want to work together? It's mm. one part of culture. You know, how do we want to interact together? So it's it's all about the, um, or a lot is about the people side, not just, but it's the people side in, in organizations. And um, what I can see is, you know, strategy is always there. The budget is always there. Um, that works. But thinking about people, how do they work together, um, that's lacking very often. And companies start to think about culture and culture development when there is when there is a lot of pain. And they have high staff turnover, they don't find people, and that's a big issue at the moment, and will be even a, um, you know, a stronger issue in future. And um, then they start to think about culture. But not before, and that's very sad because um, you know a lot of money has gone down the train until then. Mm. That that point. So I think um, you should always be aware. It doesn't matter whether you're a startup or you know an, an international organization or a little uh, SME. Think about how do we want to work together. You know what is what is our aim? What is our purpose? How do we connect with each other? How do we build trust? um what is our goal right and, and then uh, it works and then i think also defining it i think um uh, ryan carson also maybe um i don't know if you know the book but uh, i think it's stephen covey yeah. who uh who published mm -hmm. a book about uh trust i'm not sure how it's exactly called but ryan carson who i, who I had in the show a couple of weeks ago he also mentioned how trust is actually the main element for his company yeah so. Yeah, definitely. So trust, I mean, there has been a popular um, article in, in the Harvard Business Review, I think it was um, last year. Let me just um, see whether I can find it quickly <laughs> tell you the right numbers. Sure. Yeah, it's from, from, from 2017 yeah, by Zach. And um, he had... Good question. <laughs> Maybe just just tell me after after the interview, and I'll yeah, integrate I will, it into the show yeah, notes for everybody yeah. that's interested in yeah. reading it. Yeah, I've just seen. Um, I've just looked at the numbers before. So when you actually um, have trust in a company, and and you you compare a company with high trust towards a company, or with a company um, having low trust, so you can measure trust actually. Yeah. So comparing companies with high trust and companies with low trust. Um, then you can see um, a higher trust creates less stress, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it also creates more energy at work, more productivity. Um, it creates um, less sick days, less burnout, which is also quite clear. And it creates more engagement, more commitment, and more general happiness in life. And I think, you know, just talking about it, you you really want it. <laughs> I mean, I would like that, you know, I would like to be connected and, and, and you know, work, be productive, be successful. It's like a positive wheel of change, you know, that, that works and it's easygoing. Right. And it's, that I think this is, this is a desire that, that we all have. And this is what I try to establish in companies as well, you know, um, get this connectedness, work with trust. As a leader, as an employee in a team, and um, just create happiness for your company, success for your company, but also in private life for your employees. Right, and what we often talk about in in that regard is also, I think, 
productivity because I, I think what trust also does is that people work more productive and more efficient. And mm -hmm. I, I just love to think about being efficient in every possible way. And I'm aware that um, efficiency shouldn't be overthought because of course everybody thinks about, okay, which tool should I use? How should yeah. I, how should I, how should I use my first 60 minutes of the day? And of course people are very, maybe also going a little too far in everything re in regards to effect, like effectiveness and um, efficiency. Still, I think just the the points that you mentioned, they have a huge impact on on the effectiveness of a company. We also mm. talked about it a little bit in our last last call, I, I think. And do you think from also from the perspective that you bring in into companies, are there like clear methods for being more effective in in regards to the topic that you discussed? Clear methods for being more effective. I think the effectivity or effectiveness comes from being more aware more mindful and having more connectedness to people and then you can actually mm -hmm. actually measure it you can see it in happiness of people but also in, in numbers you can measure it in numbers less conflicts um, productive conversations where you can actually negotiate things not based on on emotions or you know i want You know, it's not it's not the IQ, it's 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 the we Q. It's about us. It's not about me. And once people get away from from an ego thinking, you know, I have to be successful. I want to be the best in this company or whatever. When it gets towards a we, um, let's let us be successful. Yeah, let us work together. Right. Then you have effectiveness boosting up. Yeah. And do you think there are certain routines that people or a company should should use in order to make teams more effective do you think there is like of course everybody knows like a monday stand-up meeting that people or companies use or do you think there are any routines that help to make companies uh, more effective um well i think you know if if a company wants to be more effective it's companies like a system system of people at the end of the day mm. uh, and i'm always talking about the people side of course there are other sides too but i'm you know i'm keen on this people side and um otto sharma he said you know to make a team see sense and see itself and i think this is a beautiful sentence because when you actually make a company sense so feel you know know who you are who is in your company what are the potentials but also what are the threats in in your organization from a people side you know and threats can be uh, we all know that we've got a right part of the brain and the left part of the brain we've got this emotional and this rational side we've also got this visionary and this practical side um, we've also got a long-term thinking and a short-term thinking side. So we've got lots of um, opportunities and, and threats and challenging challenges there. So, for example, if we've got a team that's hooked up by people who work really practical, yeah, they like to get things done in the short term. They they get their energy, their motivation from from doing things. Mm. But what's lacking in that team is actually. Uh, the visionary part, you know, the, the long-term part, the innovative part, the creativity part. And if an organization is not aware of that, you're running in a certain direction and that can be a threat. And by making this, you know, this organization sense and see itself, you know, see what are, what are the advantages, but also what are the disadvantages in terms of um, the capacity that people have and bring in, yeah? From a brain neuroscience perspective, mm -hmm. when you can when you can see that and bring it to the top, you can actually work with it. And then you know when you hire people, you know look for someone who's really visionary. But then if you if you get this visionary person into your team, um, protect it because the others don't like it. They won't like it. You know if you if you're practical and you want to get things done, you don't think about or not so much <laughs> about the long long run. Because it's not part of your your brain. It's not that what you prefer and what you like. It doesn't mean that you you can't do it, but you just your brain prefers to do it short term and practically and hands on. Whereas you know if you're more on if your brain is more hooked on the visionary side, you are not so keen on on doing stuff, but you're keen on creating stuff. Mm. But you can see there is you know. There is there is a certain 
um, how do you say, I can't think of the word right now, but there's a certain spannung, you know, a certain tension mm -hmm. between, between those two topics. But an organization needs both of them. You need the long-term and you need the short-term thing, for example. And also you need people in your organization who are good on the emotional side because they connect people. They know how they feel. You know, they, they bring flowers in the morning and a cake for a birthday. Right, right. But then you also need the rational people who know the numbers are right. Yeah? Mm -hmm. The strategy is right. So you need both. But these people usually don't like to work with each other so much because they don't understand each other very well. No, which which totally makes sense. I mean, it's a completely different world if you are just like a very people focused person or more like an analytical person. And uh, but that's I think that's that's the core of of leadership now to bring those people together. And uh, as you mentioned, one of definitely leaders and thought leaders in that process is also uh, Otto Scheimer, who is uh, a very famous professor at MIT and has also lectured at actually my university before uh, uh, here here at uh, University of Wittenherdecke. So I, that's the reason why I know him also. Um, he actually had different books uh, that wrote all that was written about about the, the topic. And uh, maybe as we are mentioning him, maybe do you have uh, three book recommendations that you would recommend in regards to the topics that we discussed or generally maybe can also be totally unknown from the field that you're working in but maybe the books that have inspired you in general are there like three books that you would recommend in that regard yeah definitely i mean i like otto sharma's uh you theory and i mean he says he actually says that you know make a system sense and see yourself and that's that's so at the core of our organizations and of our society just know yourself see yourself and then choose yourself you know the, mm -hmm. the what how and why Do we work together mm -hmm. or, you know, be together or go together on holidays or whatever? Right. So you can really apply that to every part of our um, society. And um, the theory you book from, from Otto Sharma is perfect. I recommend that totally mm -hmm. um, because it also tells you, you know, how mindfulness can actually um, yeah, support your organization. Right. And mindfulness is not a spooky thing or esoteric or something. No, it's it's in the core of ourself. It's being, and this is what we all would like to do or be, <laughs> just be. Um, that's one book. I'm also a big, big fan of uh, Simon Sinek. So um, he's got the, the Why book series. So any of them I can highly recommend, you know, know your why and, and you know, <clears throat> where you are going. Um, he also says quite, um, <laughs> he also has a very nice quote about uh, emotions. He says, the value of emotions comes from sharing them, not just having them. Mm. <laughs> And he says, yeah, emotions are, you know, they are like vomit. If you hold it back too long, <laughs> it's <laughs> messing up. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what he says, but it's true. You know, if you share your emotions, you can actually work better. You can connect better. You can think better. Mm. You know, know your emotions, name them, and you tame them. And that goes into into both into, you know, happiness or also into fear emotions in both ways, you know. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, so this is a book that I would uh, recommend. And then, uh, of course, I, I recommend my own one. book. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely become as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. And um, I also like the book uh, "Search Inside Yourself" by Cheng Mengdang. He he's the guy who did this uh, "Search Inside Yourself" courses at Google and also created the "Search Inside Yourself" um, Institute uh, in the US. And I think he just really shows very well in his book how mindfulness and emotional intelligence work together for the sake of people and for the sake of organizations. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing. I will definitely um, definitely put all of them in the show notes and I can definitely also recommend everybody in the listener base to check out your book. Um, I have also received it and I think it's, it's just 
a very interesting view on emotional intelligence and then for everybody that wants to deep dive a little more on the topic i can definitely recommend it and uh i think it's it's going to be a major element of how we as a as human beings work together i think emotional intelligence will decide whether we come along with people or not and if, whether we can actually lead teams so uh Definitely uh, can definitely recommend all of them, the books that you mentioned. I also know all of them, and I can only also recommend your book, of, of course. Um, so Otto Sharma, Simon Sinek, uh, and also the book Search Inside Yourself. And uh, fantastic. Maybe for people that want to get a little bit more into the topic and want to learn more about the work that you do and maybe the, the, the projects that you're working on, how can people possibly connect to you? Uh, because since I, I, I think... Uh, the 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 topics that you covered are super super interesting for every company and every leader uh, so maybe how can people connect um i think um the best way is facebook or linkedin <laughs> so this, i always do updates there about my work or post uh, you know interesting articles or, or something like that i'm currently in in the processing of um reshaping my company website and that's called onpurpose.it um it's not online yet it's, it's under construction because this is a work that i don't like to do very much <laughs> <laughs> to create websites but um yeah or through this uh, email address uh, petra.maya at onpurpose.at yeah I'm happy to connect and, and share and discuss and get ideas and feedback on the interview. I'd love that. Yeah. Thank Fantastic. you. I can only recommend that, uh, maybe for everybody that listened to the interview, if you want, if you liked it, maybe share it with your friends and also tag uh, Petra and I. So we, we get aware of people yeah. listening to it. That would be great. And um, besides that, Petra, thanks a lot for, for the amazing interview. I, I enjoyed it a lot and uh, would love to stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Max. It was really um, exciting. Thank you for your great questions. And um, yeah, I, I hope I, I, you know, I could share something that was of interest for the one or other person of your listeners. Definitely. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you, Max. All the best. Bye-bye. Take Cheers. care. Bye. Thanks again a lot for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the deep dive on emotional intelligence. Definitely connect with um, Petra if you want to get a little more into the topic or if you want to learn more about it, definitely buy her book. It's a great book. Um, she has also gifted me with it and it's just great to read. It's fun to read and it's definitely something that we should build knowledge on. So I'm sure there was something in it for you. Um, if you liked it, please let me review on iTunes. Um, it would definitely help me to um, support the podcast, to know what you like, what you don't like, um, to improve and to make it even better. And also in regards to guests, to have the guests on board that you would like to have on board. And um, I will make everything happen to have them on the podcast. So please let me have a review and uh, connect with me on every social channel. would love to hear from you and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>